hey, welcome in to another episode of Stub Me Down. My name is JW, and I am here, as always, with my best friend, co-host, and this week, fantasy football opponent, Skinny. Skinny, how you doing, my friend? Say hello to the people, buddy. Good to see you. Uh, it's good to see you. Talking sports ball already. All right. Wow. Nobody gives a shit about your fantasy football team, including mine at 0-2. But it's good. It's good to see you, man. I'm I'm glad to do this. And uh, shit, it's episode 10 of the season, my man. I know, dude. What the fuck? How did that happen? It's crazy. Uh, I mean, how did it happen? It's like a year later since, since we recorded episode one with RJ. But uh, you know what? It's been a lot of fucking fun, and stretching it out, I think, has been cool as well. Um, hopefully for you listeners, because you're not jammed up with a backlog of Stummy Down episodes, but it has been a lot of fun this season. When we started this thing out, it was just me and Skinny. We had one guest on in our first season, our buddy Billy, and each year we've kind of ramped it up, and this year we had eight guests and only two episodes, this being the second episode where it was just me and Skinny. And even that got botched up a little bit. We had a plan for uh, something special for this episode, um, which (laughs) (laughs) didn't work out. So it's not special. It didn't pan out. Um, (laughs) I'm not completely devoid of hope that it won't eventually, but uh, we nonetheless are here. And before we start today's episode episode 10 of season four skinny i just want to take a minute and reflect back we'll start with the last episode of stub me down where we had megan gliana from hf pod join us she stubbed us down on a really fun goose show from uh my birthday actually march 12th night uh 19 fuck march 12th 1836 1836 that's what she said. Okay. I mean, what she did I would say, know. Gliana. Right? I tried to just say yeah, it and roll with it. You had to fucking call me out. Sorry, Megan. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of hacks out there saying it wrong. Yeah, That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Megan stubbed us down on a Goose show, as I said, 312-23. It was the last night of Goose's run at the Capitol Theater in Port Chester, New York. And... Really great show, but she talked a little bit about the Rebelo show she had been a part of earlier in the day, and she and RJ had the opportunity to kind of be with the band a little bit before they came on stage and, and really shared a special show, and yeah, I got to tell you, she's she's fucking awesome when it comes to like analyzing music, and she had some really thoughtful things to say, and as somebody who... I think is new to Goose, kind of like us, to see that enthusiasm and certainly she get she got a little bit of exposure to the band and got to meet the guys a little bit. I think um, her enthusiasm was well demonstrated in that conversation. And I mean, what a great show. Time to Flee in the beginning. Indian River, we had a great conversation about the lyrics of Indian River and really Rick's songwriting overall. The Honey Bee, I've heard a couple of versions of that. That tune has really um, grown on me. And then the second set, Monster Arrow, the El Mag, which um, is my favorite tune, and then the Empress. I've only seen it once, apparently, after listening back to that episode. I thought I saw it more than once. Fuck off. 
She, you know what? The thing about Megan is, is she fucking really holds it down. I mean, if you could talk about music with her, I think all the live long day, you know, she's just got that spirit about her, which even when I think about it, I used to have that spirit. <laughs> I mean, I do still, but I guess I'm more of a curmudgeon, but she's just so, I'll say sprightly. I don't know. I'm, Megan, if you're listening, I'm so sorry I'm saying sprightly. Sprightly? Yeah, I don't know. It's just a word. She's really got like the sensibility to be able to talk about stuff that she's yeah. just good at talking about music. I don't even know no, why I'm no, beating I, I think it's. You know I think I mean? that's she's, a very she's really good. Uh, fair statement and very plain to just say, she is good talking about music, and she does her homework. She really has an ear for, I think, the different sounds and likes to get into lyrics and stuff like that. And and honestly, that's what's that's what's fun about talking to her is that enthusiasm and the positivity. And she is not yeah. the only one that brought that energy to stub me down this season. Let me run down our list of guests, dude, because it was pretty fucking wild. Uh, we started off the yeah. season with RJB, and he stubbed us down on Goose from the Radio City show where Trey joined Goose and played about half the second set. Oh, shit. You're really going to list them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I won't go every show, but right, I but, mean, you can I, do what you uh, you have it planned, brother. I love this. I'm just listening. I'm sorry for interrupting you. <laughs> we had Tim from Wook Plus join us. He did the shortened dicks show from Saturday of the 22 run. Right? That's funny. Tim did the short dicks show. <laughs> <laughs> Wook Plus. We love those guys. Oh, over my there. God. They're the Def- best. Definitely check out Wook Plus. Uh, we had my uncle on. We just actually noted the 22nd anniversary of the September 11th, 2001 terrorist attacks. Crazy. My uncle's episode was a little bit of a kind of a personal history project for me and obviously we did talk about a show we talked about phil and friends from the beacon theater november uh what was that november 30th 2001 so we did december yeah and then the next time and then we talked a little bit about december 1st as well Um, but my uncle shared his experiences with the terrorist attacks he survived from the south tower and um that was a, a very powerful conversation great episode which which i know um and you know he talked to me offline and was very grateful for you and your kindness and thoughtfulness and all that stuff Um, (laughs) which is amazing because sometimes i'm not (laughs) yeah i know but hey with with the elders that we've had my my pops and my uncle you know you've you've really uh demonstrated yourself plus they know you off (laughs) offline (laughs) <laughs> Which is always a plus. Always an adventure, right? <laughs> we had Dr. Amanda from All That Jam. She joined us and talked about a fish show from, uh, what was that? Was she 95? Was that fish show? Shit, now I feel bad because I forgot to say something about Amanda on the last episode. And I love that. Like, I listened to that probably more than, well, I don't know. I listened to our episodes a lot after we caught them just because... But she was, she yeah, she was great. Yeah, no, okay. her that show was ninety seven. Yeah, that was Hampton, November twenty first, nineteen ninety seven. Love you, Amanda. Yeah, yeah, 
Amanda's awesome. I, I met her. We saw her at Dick's and uh, got to see her a couple times. So that was awesome. All That Jam, another amazing mm-hmm. podcast. We had Chris from Fish Just Jams. I caught up with him out at Dick's too. That was cool. He's a yeah. great guy. He caught up with us at Set Break one night. Um, and he did, it was his second show from the St. Paul Civic Center. Remember we did the two sets? We did two sets from two different shows. We did the second set from the 1024 and the the 1025 show yeah yeah what i'm that's creativity Mm -hmm. right when you think about something else that somebody hasn't done that's amazing all right yes (laughs) and And one of our highest download episodes by the way chris i'm not going to tell you how many because we don't really give a shit either but i mean chris's episode is really real i don't know what it is somebody like please email us or you know get in touch with us and tell us why but you know, we'd like to recapture that, but a lot of people uh, really love that episode. And Chris, thank yeah. you. That, that guy's awesome. Great conversation and an even better dude. We were also joined by Canada's favorite son, Skinny. <laughs> yes. Young Ryan Storm, who stubbed us down on a goose show from the 930 Club in Washington, D.C. on March 1st, 2022. And I'll tell you what. That kid, it's great to see him out there doing the thing he's doing and seeing all the concerts. Man, everybody needs to channel a little bit of Ryan Storm sometimes, I think. Just enjoy shit. Just enjoy shit, right? (laughs) What the fuck is the problem? (laughs) Maybe we did that once our own selves. Right. Scott Mitchell from Fan Designs, that was a fun conversation. He joined us and he stubbed us down on his first show from the Palumbo Center in Pittsburgh, October 9th, 1994. Scott's a great friend of ours, and that was a fun conversation. We got to talk about merch and coming up with ideas and different mediums, and obviously having Scott on was was super cool. Yeah, which again, I'm, I'm going to reiterate this because I hope Scott listens. I know he's going to listen to this episode. I told you, Dick. Like, the <laughs> fucking episode was great, and he's like, yeah. oh, I'm not really sure when I asked him, so... Scott, we love you. Casey, we love you too. So, all good. Great. Family. Absolutely. But the way the breakdown goes for this season skinny, three goose shows, which I think is amazing. We had one Phil and Friends show. We had one Grateful Dead show that you stubbed me down on. And we had four fish shows. And that leaves one more show, my friend. And that is today and skinny the stub is mine. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about this, actually. You know, I mean, it's not like I don't know what the fuck is going on. but like, <laughs> I, I am excited to hear you talk about a show that uh, means something to you. Or maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's the worst. <laughs> I don't, well, I'm not giving anything away. It's not the worst. No. Speaking of shows, Skinny, there are some coming up. I know you're going to be heading off to Nashville for Fish Fall Tour in Super just a couple weeks. Megan is still full court press on trying to get me to go. <laughs> but Fish just announced New Year's Eve run at Madison Square Garden, and she also said to buy those. So I don't think we can do both, um, But especially because we're also going to Goosemiss in Hampton. But um, dude, you guys got a lot going on. We're going to, so I'm not. This is the first year. I don't spend money on anything else but concerts and hats. I know, and so our kids are a little bit younger, and so what we're doing is 
We're going to Universal this year. Holy shit, I hope my kids don't listen to this episode. <laughs> they won't. Oh, <laughs> they, they don't care. No. Anyway, so yeah. we're gonna we're leaving like the day after Christmas and then we're coming back on the thirty first. So ten years of uh MSG. I love it there. It's so much fun, but I think um, we're looking forward to to some other places and seeing some other things. Well, your kids are at that. Your kids are at that age too, uh, man. You know, my kids are older and really don't like us. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> and even if they didn't like you, they'll figure yeah, yeah. it out eventually. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I yeah. did. But <laughs> yeah. But so, uh, what is that? Is that three nights in Nashville or two? It's three: Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday, so Friday, whatever. Saturday, the seventh, eighth, and. Or the sixth, right. seventh, whatever. The, yeah. I think the beginning sixth, of October. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's literally First like weekend. a couple of weeks away. Yeah. Which so. and it's in Nashville, so it's still south, so it's still nice. Like I get to wear shorts. You know what I mean? That's all. I Nashville's care about. Nashville's a fun time too. I've Nashville's never been there. Time. That and oh, so, so you'll enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, we're going to Studio A and Studio B. Nashville's on my list, and it's not like I'm not going to a bachelorette party. I'm just going. <laughs> <laughs> you'll see a few though. You'll see a few. I'm sure I will. You know. But, you know, cheers to them. Goose Skinny has also been on fall tour. They're tearing it up. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. They're tearing it up. There are real highlights from every night. There was a slow ready from one of their, like, the festival set, I think, Borderland. That blew my mind. I can't keep up, bro. I mean, you know, I listen to Boston. Yeah, uh, the Boston know. shows were good. Shout out to James Russo, by the way, who was at the first night at Boston. Um, who didn't like the Danger Zone cover. I just want to make sure he knows that. <laughs> I was like, you don't like Danger Zone? I'm like, come on, man. But he no, wanted no, to hear... I think it was too bad. No, he Unless wanted to hear... I listened to it while I was riding my bike the other day. It kind of was he... like, felt like Tom Cruise, bro. I know. I think Russo wanted to hear like um, Electric Avenue or uh, like Hollywood Nights. He wanted to hear something different than that. So, uh, you know, Which Electric, was... Electric Avenue, I think they played uh, maybe in Milwaukee. Right, so he missed it by a couple. <laughs> yeah. But they're tearing it up, and I mean, they still have thirty something shows left on the year, so it's great to see. Hopefully, folks get out to see Goose if that's your thing, and if not, that's cool too. But Skinny, I will also add before we get into today's stub down that Fish announced well just the other day it announced New Year's Eve, but last week announced a Fish Festival. The ultimate fish experience is no doubt going to a multi-day fish festival. And this one is going to be in Dover, Delaware. (laughs) Not Maine, not Vermont, not upstate New York. It's going to be in Dover, Delaware. All jokes aside, it's where the Firefly Festival is. And I've heard very good things about that as a venue. Amy went to it, you know. Oh, did she go to one of those? Yeah, she went to a Firefly right when we first met. And she said it was pretty cool, but it was hot as shit. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, let's just be honest. It's going to be the mid-Atlantic in In August. August, Like, I mean, (laughs) if you think you're getting away from heat, uh, you know, you're not. So stay somewhere cold. You know what I mean? I don't know what you're like, have air conditioning. We're getting a hotel. We're going, you know, it's we. Yeah, we'll be there for sure. The other thing is, is I think it's four days. So I wonder if they're going to do like an introductory, like that kind of like what they do with Mexico, like day one. It's like a one set Thursday, two set Friday. Welcome. 
you know, maybe three yeah. sets with a day set Saturday. Obviously, you get maybe the secret set on Saturday night and then, you know, Sunday. Saturday maybe. night. Yeah. So it's really four sets and then yeah. two Sunday. Yeah. I mean. Mm, I think so. But uh, what I saw it on Twitter. It's just not me that's saying this, but Dover is due over. Yeah. I mean, I think they still honestly feel bad about where curveball i have mine on too that's That's funny that we did not plan it was really weird shirts not planned that's crazy all right everybody's out there like fuck you guys you definitely plan that but do over you know curveball was it was great in one way where we like we pivoted right that's a fucking stupid salesman word you know you but we did, and we went to your house, and uh, <laughs> you and Megan put up with chicanery for fucking three days, and then we did. We had a weekend. Yeah, we left Sunday. Like Amy and I left at like six. <laughs> like fuck, you guys, we're going. We home. gotta get out of here. <laughs> I felt like I was trapped. Nobody. I don't think anybody was cooking breakfast that day. Nobody was cooking breakfast that day. Although Saturday was nice. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for it. I hope that we have a huge crew. I, I know everybody is going to try for that. I, we were already talking about it and it's just about a year away. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's exciting news. I'm glad they're doing it. They do it right. Festivals are the shit. If you're a young yeah. noob, as they say, um, and you try to get to this, I hope you don't get shut out. Do your best. It's going to be fun. And, and the music, the music will be great. Yeah. Well, the, the music, the band plays differently during these types of events. We've talked about a few fests on the podcast, but the experience of being immersed in the fish scene for two days, three days, four days, whatever it is in that type of atmosphere is not something that can be replicated on tour going from location to location even if they're in a, even if they're in a spot for i think the only thing that might be comparable would be when you could camp at dicks yeah which i didn't do so i could understand how that would be right you know but they don't do that the anymore they and so i think that if you have not expand shit, the last fish festival will have been nine years prior. Magnum Ball will have been the last festival in 2015, <sighs> that which blows is crazy. My mind too. Curveball was supposed to be 2018, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking almost ten years. The band is marking. 40 years this year and so I think there's a lot of excitement about it and I wonder what the implications of a festival will be for tour Um, does that mean like if they're playing Dover are they playing Philly are they playing Camden are they playing Meriwether like where well I'll tell you where they're gonna play and because the last time they're gonna no I really think I mean this is just me so what do I know I really think they're going to play Merryweather two nights, hmm. and then they'll go to and that that'll festival. be the lead into that'll be the lead in so, festival. I mean, because that was the lead into Magnaball, and also oh, that's right, yep, uh, yeah. dude, you don't know what you're talking. I could be totally be wrong, you know, but they could take the weekend before that, play two nights at Merryweather, and take a couple days off just to be up there to make sure everything's right. Set, set to go by by Thursday and you know that's if they play a Saturday and Sunday the week before at Merriweather they're ready to go it's right down the Sign road me up, bro. <laughs> but 
They could also, yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, sign me up. I'm like, they could also do Camden. You know what I mean? They could do plenty of different yeah, or things. The man. Or the man. Um, I would think maybe, though, uh, it just seemed like that Magda Ball festival, the warm up to Meriwether was like really, really good. And then Magna Ball was like fantastic. So. We'll see. So, well, it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. They did play Dix in 2015 after Magna Ball, so I think that Dix would still be on the table. I don't think they would alter those plans. It's still, you know, a couple would be a couple weeks away. Yeah, I hope not. I mean, people like Dix. I do wonder. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, but I do wonder because I did hear some rumors about them playing the Sphere in Las Vegas, which is the new. I'm sure if you haven't heard about it, just fucking Google the sphere. It's pretty wild, but everybody's um, heard about it. Everybody's heard about it. But the rumor was that they were going to do a run in April there. So I wonder, you know, how all of this is going to shake out. And obviously the Twitter nerds will discuss it ad nauseum because that's what we do. Oh, you're still calling it Twitter. Skinny. (laughs) Is that? Oh yeah. Fuck. It's X is so fucking stupid. And I keep making stummy down accounts on like, Every social media platform that pops up. So. <laughs> Stub underscore me underscore down. That's Everybody. the end of the show. <laughs> anyway, Skinny, if the folks out there are new to Stub Me Down, welcome in. Thanks for joining us. The premise of the show is that Skinny and I have been friends for years, and we have seen a lot of concerts over the years. And what we do is we pulled a ticket stub at random and use that ticket stub as a jumping off point to talk about our friendship, the funny things that happen along the way, obviously the music and how that has become a central point of our friendship and our lives um, together and separately. Today, I will be pulling the stub and this was skinny in actual genuine ticket stub pull. Oh. So... It really was. I am not lying. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to really like pull a stub for this. And I pulled my fish ticket stub box out and I spread them out all on the table. And I just pulled one at random and it was this show. So Skinny, if you don't have anything else, are you ready for me to stub you down? Dude, I absolutely am. Let's get this going. All right, well, it's funny that we were talking about Meriwether Post Pavilion, and I believe this is the first time we've talked about fish at Meriwether Post Pavilion officially. I think so. But the stub that I pulled, Skinny, and there's just some weird coincidences that come along with this show, but the show is July 9th, 1999 at Meriwether Post Pavilion. This was my second fish show. And we have already done an episode about your second fish show. Which is fucking super weird, but keep going. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And, like, I did not... I just wanted to pull a stub... I had the shows that I had pulled previously or that we had talked about previously are in a different pile. And this was the one. And this is a show that I have not thought about in probably 15 years. All right, did you say what show it is yet? Yeah, July 9th, 1999 at Meriwether Post Pavilion Fish. Yeah. Oh. 
<laughs> I thought you missed that part and you were no, getting was, all really like yeah. into it and I, shit. And I was like, oh. I said it right away. <laughs> I said it right away. <laughs> oh, it's so great. I feel like we're going back That's to funny. the roots of our show where I don't know what's going on. I just... well, oh, man. It's a good thing we don't do these live. Sorry, buddy. July 9th, 1999. Now, this was my second fish show, and I have to tell you that I pulled this ticket stub at random. I did not say, oh, I'm going to do this show. I put all my fish stubs on the table, and I like did like a little swirl around and picked it up, and this was the one. And we did your second show. Now we're doing my second show at random. So I'm really excited about this because I also saw my first fish show at Meriwether, so a year later, just about, my first fish show was August 8th, 98. So we're, I'm 11 months in, right? Right. But between August of 98 and July of 99, I fucking consumed so much fish that by the time I got to my second show, I probably knew maybe 70% of the catalog. And ha- were we uh, were we friends at this point, or we had or we had met? Nope. This summer, no, I no, didn't. It was the next. I started working at Jay Paul's probably in maybe June of this summer. Okay, it was right after I graduated. I graduated in May, and then I was like, "Shit, I need to get a job." Um, and so I ended up at Jay Paul's. So we met around this time, but we, I don't think we became friends really. Maybe until kind of the fall yeah probably like i knew you but like i didn't you know we worked together like joe gave joe i still asked joe for time off to go see fish and he gave me shit about it so he knew right away that i was a music guy right and and we've talked about joe many times um he's no longer with us his brother was on an episode old deadhead um and he at the end, I you know he respected Trey, but he always gave me shit about fish, like fish sucks, fish sucks, and so he always gave me the time off to go to these shows. And I actually, I think I was working there because I do remember being like, uh, I'm going to be gone for like a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> like two weeks. And I had only worked there for you know maybe maybe a month, maybe a month and a half. So like, I'm already like, dude, I'm going to need off the ninth. I'm going to need off the 15th, the 16th, the 17th, the 18th. Yeah. You're telling him his schedule before he even fucking wants to hear it. Yeah. So, but, so, but I explained it to him and, and Joe being Joe, he was like, all right, you fucking asshole, but I'm going to make you work your balls off when you get back, which he did. And you know, doubles Monday through Thursday. We had an agreement, (laughs) but this show I went into knowing so much more than I did at my first show, which I only knew one song and it was the cover that they played at the end, Sabotage. And I didn't know any fish. And Mm -hmm. so I went to that first show and they hooked me with songs that I had never heard of before, but the energy and the vibe and everything, the way it hit me. And then I went to the second show with a whole book of knowledge. Right. You know, so it's a completely different experience. No less 
exciting or entertaining now you're like oh shit i know this i can sing along you know and like we got some new songs in the set we'll get into that some new stuff that they were doing in 99 you know we get a sense of what the 99 feel was which at the time i'm like i don't fucking know that there's even i didn't know that there was a 97 <laughs> you know what i mean until... yeah we, we could talk about those transitions which i think leads up to right. a really important part in their history but like you wouldn't know that. I mean, I didn't know that in 2000. I don't know what their, like, trajectory was or, like, what's going on as far as, like, what they are presenting to the crowd. You know, you're a fucking noob. Which, yeah, no doubt. In, in a word, it, it's it's kind of fresh, exciting. You know, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, and that's... And there's that excitement of, like, all right, now I'm going in knowing some things and I think it was, and I didn't start keeping a set until I think it was maybe November. I started, I was like, I got to start writing this stuff down because I would come out of shows and I'd be like, I have no idea what they played. And this is, and this is before, you know, you're not the, the only internet. one. And like, you know, I know like, whoa, they played this song while I'm there. I'm like, oh, this is Divided Sky or this is Tweezer or whatever. But then you get out to the parking lot and you're like, you know, you might remember like three songs, but then you're like, oh yeah, and then the the um, what did they play after the uh, second song? It was um, uh, well, whatever. It was really good, you know. Like that's the conversation yeah, yeah, in the yeah. parking lot afterwards, and short term memory. Of, yeah, of course. Now the band, you know, tweets every song that they're playing as they're playing it, and that's why I started keeping the set, and it was this fall and i saw 11 shows in 1999 so i went from one in 1998 to 11 in 1999 and then you know pretty much there was like i was going whenever i could possibly go yeah and i mean my trajectory is a little bit different i only was introduced to him because of you and i saw five in 2000 i always felt like they have a certain transition in the 1.0 years we've talked about a bunch of different shows from the 90s and oh yeah our guests have spoken so eloquently about how there were these different transitions in the way that they were playing you can read about it you can listen back to it you know it's all there for you to like take in if you want i actually think i hear them a little bit in this show starting to get tired now we'll talk about it obviously in a little bit that's interesting and me as somebody that's like oh man this band is great. And then they're like, ah, fuck you. We're done. <laughs> we're not, we're not playing for like, you know, three right. or four years, man. We don't, you know, I'm glad you're a fan, but we're done. We're done what we are for that time being twice. I always thought was the one thing that if I stuck with them through, you know, now at 53 and then to hear this show, the way that they were playing, it's kind of New Year's to me. It's really interesting how you can kind of get back into like they were different at different times. And it's interesting to go back to the scale of your own life and kind of correlate it to what the band was doing. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm being real scientific. I'm fucking sound like an idiot. Well, <laughs> I, you were making a point, though, that the, the band really from year to year. I mean, every single year, right. the band grew, their sound changed, they jammed differently, and 
you get to, you know, years like 95, 96, 97, and it's very pronounced from one to the other. We've had an episode in 94, 95, 96, 97. I don't know if we've done anything in 98. We didn't do it the lot. Was that, wasn't that Carrie and Craig? Did we do 98? Yes, they did. That was 98. They did um, August 9th, 98, which was the day after my first show, which was the Terrapin right. Station. So we did Encore, do 98. Um, for Jerry. So we did do 98. And then this is 99. We've done 2000. Right. Um, and then they didn't play 2001. We did a 2003 show. We talked about SPAC. Right. Or maybe 2004. No, we have done 2003. Billy stubbed us down on uh, March 1st, 2003. Uh, March, March 1st. We did... One of my favorite We shows. did 2004. We did the SPAC show with the Monster Piper. And then they were done for again. And then they were done. So, <laughs> uh, you know, so we've got a few years left to, uh, to still tackle here, but... Each year, especially in the 90s, was very, very distinct. And I think 99 had its own sound as well, which we'll talk a little bit about. And I think there are some key pieces of this set where that is very evident. You want to go ahead and take a look at this first set? I do. Am I reading this shit? Yeah. It's, I, yeah it's my you stub me down, I read it? Yeah. Oh, actually, I'm ready for you. So I love how you're like, oh, he doesn't even have it up. He's going to look at his phone. He, did you, you didn't Google it? No, this fuck time? off. I got fucking, <laughs> fucking, yeah, you, you think that, like, I don't know what I'm doing. By the way, I just want to let you I know, before, before we start, they sound check, bug, what's the use, sleep, back at the chicken check, and then had a vocal check, and then funky bitch. <clears throat> All right. That's a pretty good sound check. <laughs> so do you want me to read the first <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I'll say before you read the set is that Fish has played Merriweather. Do you know how many times? Mm, I'm going to say, I I know I'm terrible at guessing. And I haven't seen him there four times, but I've seen every show since. So I'm going to say they've played 18 times and I've seen him 16 where am I at? That's that's pretty good guess. Pretty good pretty good guess. They have played Merryweather Post Pavilion twenty one times. Okay. I have been to nineteen of them. I missed the first one, which was in ninety two. And then the you next went to World Cup. And then in two thousand ten I missed one of the two nights that they played there because we were on the plane back. And we landed that morning and then went to fish that night. After which was awesome yes. seeing you because I was like, I'm so glad you're back and we were at a fish show. That was yes. really cool. That by was the way. awesome. Okay, now uh, you now you can read the set. Are you sure? <laughs> so set one from Columbia, Maryland on Friday. Actually, I just wanted to say the date because we never do that. Uh, July 9th, 1999, Limb by Limb, Farmhouse, Back on the Train, Divided Sky, Train Song, Llama, Driver, and then ending the set with Runaway Jim. Also want to point out, I know when I read sets, sometimes I say into, sometimes I don't. Um, it's probably because I'm looking at my phone and I don't really care. <laughs> So I don't see like the alligators. I don't really give a shit. And then everybody's like, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about, man. It went into this and he's an idiot. Maybe I am, but this set didn't have any alligators. <laughs> you know, honestly, the nerd in me that writes this shit down appreciates that you are aware of that shortcoming. <laughs> 
and that sometimes you, in fact, do not say what you know where songs go into the others, and that is okay. And you do it. Yeah, because I don't really give a shit. I'm like, but the, the but those transitions, the bridges, the segs—they're all fucking. That's like a great thing to talk about, you know. I, I and I understand that, but it's possible that I missed. Like that transition, or I happen to be. You missed writing you know. it down, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I don't <laughs> write shit down. Wow. Not even for this wow. show. <laughs> they open the set with a limb by limb skinny, and you know, I started to do like a how many limb by limb openers. And then there was like too many, and I was like, "Oh, they've kind of done it a lot." Which I didn't know. Not I didn't a, know that. Not a lot recently, and yeah, after I got to maybe like twelve, I was like, "All right, I'm not counting anymore." Smart. But this one was really, was a really good like ripping opener, and like one of the things that we'll talk about, especially as we go through this set. If you look at this set, like limb by limb, farmhouse, back on the train, divide this guy, train song. You're not talking about like some real like grab you by the balls and um, make you scream and shout type of songs on paper right but when you listen to how this set is structured it's really really good and the limb by limb I think sets the stage for that and you've talked a little bit about limb by limb in today's set lists and it really being a highlight and I wanted to ask you, what do you think about this one going back and considering the placement, you're talking about almost a 10-minute version here, and thinking about your current thoughts about Limb by Limb? Uh, uh, <laughs> I got you there. Yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> you got me again. Limb by Limb is one of my favorite songs. I like the I won't develop a hacking cough. I don't know why that, like... I want to try to stay healthy. I don't want to, like, fuck things up. I'm hanging on by the edge. I don't know if I'm even pontificating correctly about the lyrics of the song. Well, it's what it means to I you. Do... you know? Yes. Right, so I can't be wrong. The thing about it is they play this song as an opener, and it it's executed perfectly. The entire show I, I love, but at the first set, I was very reticent to even understand what they were going to do here, especially with the farmhouse and the two-hole. And I'm not saying I'm going to jump ahead here, but the Limb by Limb starts off the show really well, and it's more of a delicate song. But the way that they play it, I would be very, very happy with a Limb by Limb as an opener. And I'm not even sure if, out of all the shows that I've seen, I've ever seen a Limb by Limb opener. I, that means I have to do homework, and I'm not fucking doing it. And this was... I had to double-check. This was the third time that they had opened with it, but the song debuted in 97, so it hadn't been played very much by the time we get to this particular show. I mean, you're talking about, let's see, maybe 25, 30 performances. What's the debut of this? Like 98 then? 97? No, 97. Uh, okay. It was July, excuse me, June 13th, 97 in uh, San Francisco. Uh, no, shit, Dublin. Dublin, Ireland. <laughs> Dublin. Um, well, I, I can say that they nailed this one. So if there was any complaint about how many times they played an opener, or if you'd never seen it, I think this was a treat. I, I, I spent a lot of time searching for words to tell you how I felt about this 
If I saw this today at Merriweather, I'd be like, this is a fucking absolute treat. You know, I would be focused in and locked in on this. And only because it's really, limb by limb is a little bit, maybe what you would think as far as like a placement, mid first. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a soaring version to start the show. Yes. In 1999, a farmhouse in the second slot was not something that would turn me off. It would now. It would be maybe a little bit different now. And it's funny, this was the 14th time that Farmhouse had been played. So Farmhouse was still relatively new. Interestingly enough, here's a little stat. This I also saw at my first show at Merriweather. So I was like, cool, a show, you know, here's like... Mm-hmm. You know, a song I've seen twice. Um, and you know it. And I know it. And and honestly, not that I have these great visual memories from being on the lawn at Merriweather at, you know, in 1999, right? There's some musical things that I remember being a part of and what that felt like, you know, but I don't remember like where we parked or who was in the crew or, you know, like those types of details. Um, But the music, there was something very reinforcing about this show to me that I really enjoyed. And I think I have my finger on that pulse, by the way. And, you know, as we talk about the show, I don't think it's here. Maybe the limb by limb, but not the farmhouse. No, but the Back on the Train is a tune that I very, very much associate with this period, not only of my life, but of Fish. And this was the fourth time they had played it. They had debuted it a little bit earlier in the summer in Kansas on June 30th. So did not know that. I didn't so know that was, was only the fourth time they played it. It was pretty new, and I saw five of them in 1999 out of 11 shows. So that was like a staple, and there was just something about the way that tune started that the nostalgia is like a bridge back in time. And I feel 1999 Fish when they play back on the train because this was such a staple of the period for me. I, I would I would tell you that like seeing shows with you, I know that that song is like a pretty big staple from especially when I first started seeing him. I like the chugga chugga chugga. But this one has a little bit of a thing that I wasn't maybe aware of when I was seeing him. It's a little bit more, I'll say like Vermont style. It's like a syrup. Like there's a, a tempo that's syrupy. And we'll talk about it again because it happens several times. And then also the tempo speeds up uh, in this set and in the second but then it slows down so i'm always looking you know for themes i'm not so sure that the theme here is tempo but this back on the train is a little bit different than i've heard live maybe because it's a little bit slower the tempo is definitely picked up on this song and you can kind of tell i guess that it's the fourth time they've played it. Fourth time, right? Is that what you said? Uh, yeah, this was the fourth time, and it debuted just a couple shows before. The fourth time they've played it. Right, so now it, now that's what I'm saying. The syrupy, slower, like... I like the, I like the syrupy type of imagery because I feel like the way I describe it is the band is playing very loose, but they're really tight. Right. So... The band is playing together and they're really locked in with each other, but the 
feel and the vibe of the music that they're playing has this kind of loose, uh, open, uh, like, like spatial almost groove where it's it, it doesn't feel tight and constricted and you know you really can you know I think about like J.O. dancing and doing a lot of like the sunburst you know with his hands <laughs> <laughs> why are we you talking I mean? about that bad dancing style sorry J.O. and that feel I feel like that syrupy it's kind of it's all moving but it's like moving in almost like glacially that one definitely is moving glacially. Yeah, and nice, yeah, nice adverb. And, and by then, the way. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I just came up with that. After that, they get into a divided sky here, which is an 18-minute, like, gorgeous piece of music that also has that same type of feel. Um, it doesn't feel compact. It doesn't feel rushed, and. I mean, Divided Skies these days are what? Maybe 12, 14 minutes? You know, Trey had a... I will say that Trey's ego pause was two minutes and five seconds on this one. Okay, I counted 130, but I did it in the car. I was like, this fucking thing is extra long. It and was then, very... It was very long. I will say, after the pause, the pace of that jam picks up. And also, thinking about how they move into... The jam. So that jam is two pieces basically now because you have the pause and everybody knows you have the pause. So you have, I felt like the part one and part two, part one was sped up. They build it really cool to the peak of the pause. And then the pause is so long that then they like really run. And again, I'll use syrup like, but it's like sea syrup. Isn't that what Jamarcus Russell was drinking or something? <laughs> Speaking of it. remember him? Raiders, uh, yeah, fail traffic. Yeah. Nice guy, I'm I sure. He was. <laughs> he was drinking scissor. <laughs> so it's like, it's slow, but it kind of rides the rails a little bit faster than you would expect. I just thought that that divided sky, if I would have saw that divided sky with you and known you like we did a year later, I would have been sold way back then, like, and way back then, 1999. But still, I would have got into him a year earlier. Like, I love... That probably is maybe... I can't remember a Divided Sky that made me feel that way. I listened to it, like, three times today. And I just felt that it had something a little bit different than I've ever heard. Now, I could be wrong, but, you know, it's kind of... It's a little bit fresh in my brain, too, you know? Well, we've talked about Divided Sky being part of like fish cannon right it's one of the yeah. staple tunes any self-respecting fish fan is going to know divided sky they're going to know about the rhombus and uh, you know fucking all, better all the <laughs> all of that stuff and you know there there's a secret tape somewhere of my thoughts on divided sky and i'm not going to share them here but in in 1999 Seeing Divided Sky, it was like almost like religious to a certain extent, right? Like, sure. you know, this is one of the tunes that as a noob, it's like, oh, Divided Sky, Harry Hood, Tweezer, Fluffhead. These are the tunes, right? If you catch one. Also of, from the atheist. Right. <laughs> if, if you catch one of these, 
you know, you're seeing a good show, and yeah. so seeing a divided sky, the f- what fourth song into the show, I'm like, holy shit, like I'm I'm doing it, like I'm a fish fan, you know, and and I yeah. know what's going on, and I like, know this and one. So there was that special moment, I think, that took place, and I think it also the way they played it, there was it was very patient, it was a very kind of measured build to the peak. There was a lot of fluidity to it. It, it didn't feel like they were up against the clock or or just going through the motions, right? Like every note felt very very intentional. Yeah. So I really I really love this version and its place in my fandom as you know seeing some of this second show well whatever you're you're limber you're going to your second show like i know stuff which you know i think people get a lot of shit for that they just get into something and then all of a sudden they're really really passionate about it and then you know here comes johnny asshole to shit on their entire adventure you know what i mean i feel like we can't do that anymore which is why i was gonna ask you like do you remember what that divided sky was like in the venue? Do you do you remember that at all, or you just? I, you know what? I don't remember much except for the fact that uh, first of all, I was on the lawn, and I just remember there was this collective energy. It, I mean, and, it, and it's it's hard to like put to words like a feeling like that, but. It was clear that in that moment, and you know, we're it's still daylight out, right? So it's a you know mid first set. Just taking it all in. For me, there was this "I'm in the right place" kind of confirmation, you know. And I had spent from my first show. I was supposed to go to Hampton in '98. Got skunked on that because my brother got married that weekend. That's a heartbreak. So I didn't get the opportunity to go to another show for almost a year. And I dedicated so much of my time between my first show and my second show to learning everything I could. Like, that was back when, like, a CD burner was like a new piece of technology. And, like, I spent a bunch of fucking money on a cd burner i like found a buddy who i had gone to my first show with he had a bunch of cds i burned his i was doing blanks and postage and trades and joining message boards and trying to get as many fish shows as i could to listen to you were a fucking huge nerd I was, but I was, I was, I was searching for something. Dude, I just graduated college. I, I was know, waiting tables. I didn't know like Still where my, yeah. Oh no, I totally. But that's what I do, right? right? Like I totally nerded out about it, and this was the direction. So I think that divided sky was really a confirmation moment, and you know I'll always love the tune because of that. I think it has been kind of elevated to this more mystical place these days and I don't necessarily agree with that um, but that's a different conversation <laughs> but I really like this version and then the train song next was was cool save that shit for fucking next season yeah that's, that's <laughs> on, on the next season of stubby down that's right motherfuckers we're coming back <laughs> often replicated never duplicated. <laughs> duplicated now wait a minute you're not gonna talk about train song are we no. 
Okay. I'm not. I, I'll mention that this was my first one. And look, Skinny, I'm not saying that this show is like the best show ever, right? I am saying. I'm, I didn't say that. I was. I, just what saying. I'm saying is, is that the first set here, I think, with the divided skies, kind of the punctuation mark, really solidified my. I'm on the right track as far as my musical interests and focus and I mean granted I already had plenty of tickets for the rest of this tour but seeing them again after that initial introduction is a completely different type of experience as you know you went to Oswego after this yeah and I definitely had that we went to the two nights at um, PNC Homedale before that and then went up to Oswego um, you know, saw a show in Philly, D.C., went to Hampton in the fall, and, and Big Cypress. And, and Let me ask you a question. Was, How is your clamshell necklace doing by the end of tour? <laughs> it's pretty sticky. <laughs> and that, those hemp, that hemp, man. Yeah. But you know what? It had a distinctive smell that eventually you were just like, yeah, it's not that bad. <laughs> you didn't- I don't think I ever, in all the years we've been friends and I've known you, like, I don't think I've ever known you to wear like a, a hemp necklace or like a piece of blown glass or like a, <laughs> a piece necklace, of blown puka glass. shells or <laughs> puka shells. Jesus Christ. I think yeah. maybe when I was down in Ocean City when I was 13, I bought like a coral necklace, <laughs> but like shark's tooth, you know? <laughs> yeah, a real one. <laughs> Speaking of animals. This llama is super sick, and I love the fast pace of that. Again, we're talking, I said syrupy. Now, all of a sudden, they're like, train song, talk about syrup. They bring it all the way down to a maple tree in January, and then llama <laughs> just freaking crushes. And they brought llama back, for me, the fast version. I hadn't, I'd seen a bunch of slows. And at MSG this summer, when they did the Fast Llama, and then they redid it again, like it was such a cool moment for me, because I was like, oh shit, Fast Llama's back. Like I almost wanted to have a shirt that said like Fuck Slow Llama, uh, but you know, it, I just I love the pace of that song, and if they can keep up with it, I'm sure they'll hack it sometimes, and you know, whatever. But to see that too at Merriweather, that that would have been awesome to to see the, the fast pace. Uh, llama that they put on. I didn't see. I think maybe Trey starts slowing down a lot for me, and I just didn't notice it. But in a '99 show, I kind of wish I would have seen this llama. Yeah, I mean, this was played at a breakneck speed, and it's like, I'm like, what are they saying? What llama? What? Taboo, <laughs> um, taboo. I'm a believer that fast llama and slow llama can both exist happily in the same world. <laughs> and, you know, you do not have to take a, you know, Goose has so ready and slow ready. And I didn't realize until, you know, a little bit into my Goose fandom that they were actually the same song, just played slower or faster. So I don't really have any issue with how they want to play it. Um, but this version was blistering speed and coming out of train song and then going into a driver it was just a really weird placement for this like blow you away high energy super fast up tempo raging tune and then oh here's driver 
Which I like driver. I, I People call me the driver. and I, I call you the driver. You drove me everywhere. I call my driver the narrator, right? Everybody's got one. There's a really nice little page solo in here. But it just... In this set, like, I'm looking at it again. I'm, like, looking at it from 2023 eyes because I don't remember, like, evaluating the set back in 1999, right? And I'm like, man, that's kind of a weird sandwich with Train Song Llama Driver. Um, but then they bomb out with an amazing Runaway Jim that's almost 13 minutes to close the set. So, like, it, there just was this flow and the driver and the train song didn't not fit right they sound great like the flow the flow of the set is Mm -hmm. really very good i think where i come in with my bias is i'm looking at it from a 2023 set list analyzing mindset nerd but also i i'll say this like page and he rears his ugly head in set two. Set one page provides this subfloor, uh, keys, clav, piano, whatever he's playing. There's like this immense subfloor. It starts really kind of in the back on the train and then the divided sky. And then even the train song driver and the runaway gym especially. It's this whole subfloor for the next set. It's almost like when you are building out like a basement, he provides so much there. And I would say if I looked at that set, just, hey, show me a set. And I look at that set, I'm like, eh, uh, you know, yeah, I like the back on the train. Right. On paper, you're like, you're not impressed. Uh, Divided skies the same. Yeah, I'm like, if they play a fast llama, they really pick it up. That's pretty cool. I love limb by limb. And hopefully they have a patient build for the runaway, which they do. And maybe they, you know, really run away with that for, you know, almost 20 minutes or something. At first glance, I I just don't, I don't get it. And I had to listen to this set a lot. I listened to it probably more than I listened to set two, which I love. And I think sometimes you just have to be in the house. I I don't know. You know, I think that's probably what we can surmise from this entire show. Now, hold, but hold on. You just on. want to end after this season? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, that's I, it. By the way, we're ending after I, this season. I will, <laughs> I will give a, a shout out to our good buddy Brian over at Attendance Bias. Um, and I'm not saying that this show is great because I was there. Um, well, I mean, I'm saying yes. I'm saying part of part of it is yes. I, I'm sorry. Yes. Part of it is there's definitely an attendance bias. However, if you are looking at, you have to look at this, and this is one thing about history, right? Sometimes you have to kind of go back and put yourself in that time period without the benefit of the 24 years of hindsight that we have, right? And however many fish shows Fish has played, and I've seen 179 shows since this one, right? So, oh, that's where your number is at? 181, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Size queen. <laughs> Whatever people have seen more. That's not me, that's Tim. 
Tim from Oak Plus calls you. Now you're a size queen. Because I said my number? <laughs> I can edit that out. <laughs> I, I would uh, think so. We'll ask him when next time I see him. <laughs> anyway, my feeling is is that, first of all, I'm sure that not a lot of people you know, go back and listen to this show. Certainly not the first set, right? But if you do go and listen to this show in the mindset of where Fish was in 1999 and really what they were after that and you have a good basis then this is i think a good show with a diverse set list i mean farmhouse is new yeah you might not like farmhouse now but in 1999 farmhouse was new you know limb by limb hadn't been played a million times it had been played 30 times in by the time it got to 1999 same with driver driver debuted in 98 uh back on the train debuted in 99 so there's like you know billy breathe or excuse me uh train song debuted in 96 so like they have some newer tunes in the set um at that time which people are going to be excited about because they're new and it's the first time that they've seen them and not you know, judging it from the 2023 version, where it's like, oh my god, I've seen Farmhouse 15 times. Well, and that's sucks, what makes them great. Yeah. Well, right. fuck you. But that's if what, you're, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. Right. So th- I'm just saying that when we go back in time for some of these, there's, it's, it, you know, they kind of have a dual existence. But the Runaway Gym, well, I think, is is timeless yeah. here at the end of this set. We saw another great one, or I saw another great one in Oswego a couple weeks later, which we actually talked about on a mini episode that we had. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. And Runaway that's Gym. That's a really great yeah, Runaway. Yeah, yeah. Which have to is listen to that. my favorite. Oh, it's my It's, it's yeah, slamming. It's my favorite version. I mean, this one's not like that, but maybe this is the setup. Including you know? the, you know, the whatever, 54, 56-minute one from Worcester and whatever that was, 98, 97. Yeah, I mean, um, I can't keep up with all that shit. But still, I know the Oswego gym, yeah. and this one yeah, is... Yeah. This one's good. Yeah, it doesn't quite get type 2, but they kind of trickle on the edge sure. a little bit. But they don't really abandon the the runaway theme, you know, the baseline, and, and they kind of play around with that. But they definitely have some fun, and it's pretty adventurous, I think, um, in that 12 minutes. And, I mean, you know, for me, I'm like... Dude, I just saw Divided Sky, Runaway Gym. Like, I'm ticking off songs that I'm like, holy shit, I'm so excited that I'm here, you know? First set, you're definitely getting a lot of, I mean, I don't know, stats or whatever. You're, you, you are. You're ticking off shit, you know what I mean? Especially for your second show, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Again, yeah, going back sure. to the point that I said, now you know certain songs. And when they play them live, there's a comfortability there. Did I say that right? <laughs> You're very comfortable seeing those songs because you know them. And again, this is 24 years ago. So, of course, you... I like it. I just... I, I, I like the set. It's so dumb. I keep, like, overanalyzing, like, why I like it. And I... Because I think at first I was like, ow, fucking... Fuck Josh. <laughs> I think when you look at it, you have to convince yourself that it's not going to suck. <laughs> That's the new way to go to fish shows. I'm going to convince myself that nothing <laughs> sucks tonight. Nothing suck. That everything's going to be amazing. What a way to live life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You want me to run down this first set? Yeah, let's do that. Set starts off again with Limb by Limb, Farmhouse, Back on the Train, Divided Sky, Train Song, Llama, Driver, and then the set ends with Runaway Jim. J-Dub. Great time. Set two. 
All right. Well, so I got to read this too. Yeah, set two, I just man. read set one. <laughs> Fuck. Set two. Do you want me to read it? I'll read it. No, I can read it. <laughs> I, I can read. I'll read it because there's the, there's alligators all over this thing. Oh, so all right. Well, then <laughs> maybe you should read it. <laughs> well, and, and the level of excitement begins right away because the band comes out with Punch You in the Eye, which for my money is the greatest second set opener. Better than Carini, better than anything is... Better than disease. Be- <laughs> better than down with disease. Punch you in the eye to open into free, into what's the use, into meat stick, into Mike's song that segs into twist, into a set closing week of pod groove, and they encore with Harry Hood, which is another tune that I also saw at my first show at Merriweather. But they come out with a punch... And this is the old punch where there's like almost a five minute intro before they drop into the real beginning of the song. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I think we saw one kind of like that at Alpine in 09, if I'm not mistaken, the first night we were there. They had, I believe that's correct. Yeah, they had, I mean, I don't know if it's jam chart or whatever. I don't really give a shit, but I know that it was a extended jam i think we remarked about that when we were there like dude and people were clamoring for a punch because they i don't know what the stats on that were this summer but everybody wanted punch though i remember in madison square garden being like you got a sunday like open up the second with a punch like i was saying it didn't happen it did feel like a gap but i, I don't know how long that gap I'll tell was. you right now so the gap was almost a year 36 shows holy shit wow okay i was gonna say smaller than that but it was dicks september 3rd 2022 and then the next time they played it was the spac benefit show on august 25th 2023 so almost a year 36 shows that's crazy they didn't pull that out in seven shows at madison square garden or even at the man or yeah. anything. Well, there were a few things missing from MSG that I feel like, like they, there's no seven below or like, I mean, I guess that's a little bit obvious, but. It's not winter. Anyway, the punch was very good. Again, this was another tune that defined the um, era for me because I saw it here. And then the next two shows I went to, I saw punch you in the eye. You're going to get used to that, and then you, like, you're like, I want to see that. Yeah, and that was you know, the excitement, the build-up, and then I think the placement here kind of put it in my brain as, man, this is, this is one that should be in this spot, and I'm glad I saw it in this particular set. And then there were some super bad teases from Trey, which at the time... I had no fucking idea, but you know you can hear them as you uh, as you listen back now. Only thing I'll say about a punch is it's also a wonderful first set opener. It can work anywhere, you know what I mean? So I, I love punch. Yeah, it's a great way to get the crowd involved and get everybody dancing. That's for sure. The free was also very good. The free comes in at almost twelve. The transition from punch you in the eye into free was very smooth and i do remember feeling at the time am i seeing the best show ever and you know i think when you go to shows your second show is the best show ever yeah well i think you go to shows and you're like oh my god i can't believe what i'm seeing and i think 
when the free started, I felt like that. And free for me feels a little bit different back then than it does now. But don't you remember the free t-shirt that we both had that was the fishbowl and the yeah. fish jumping out and it said, I see the path ahead of me? Yeah, I love that line. Somebody stole that t-shirt from it wasn't me. I think <laughs> secretly think it was me. I no, lost I mine. I didn't I steal was, yours. I think it was J.L. You think, think it was J.L.? Also, I think he also stole one of the years we went to Vegas. I got like the Monopoly board, and it was. Like, oh, I remember that shirt. Yeah, and that one. That one meant went missing quick. Again, not me. But I will say about the free. Look, that rhymed. That's that cold syrup I was talking about. It feels like they slow this shit down like vermont style northern vermont you know way northern vermont burlington up by lake champlain and they slow this free down too i'm not used to this the back on the train the pace of the fast divided sky the llama like i wasn't even when i started a year later seeing them and hearing them i wasn't used to like their different abilities i guess to like play these songs differently it's one thing to say like the grateful dead played their songs differently they had different set lists they changed them up all the time that's like amazing in and of itself but i think what fish does that's also amazing is they have this ability to change the song whether it be the tempo whether it be the key again i'm not going to sit here and tell you what key songs are because i don't fucking know i was in choir like back in the late 70s and early 80s i you know they have this ability that i think is distinctly them to change the song whether it be the pace or the style or the genre they just have this like remarkable ability to metamorphose into whatever they feel they are doing and i i really think at some point that made them tired you know because then I see him and I'm like, God, I love this shit. And then they're done for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like this free is the first time in this show that we start to get the vibe of the 99 sound, which I would describe as maybe like heroin chic, like heroin ish, like whale caller and very extended high notes and you see a little bit of that in this particular version and it's not just coming from trey you get fishman like riding the crash symbol you get mike slapping the bass in a specific way that just lends itself to that kind of droning almost musical vibration type of feeling that doesn't does that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that doesn't have a lot of range it doesn't have a lot of tempo changes it's kind of all in one sound that kind of comes in and out and and maybe goes up and down a little bit but this feels very much like that sound yeah it's and a I, sign of the times too you know like right and i think shit, that, right. you want to say pharmaceutical I mean, you could say that. Right. Maybe that's a better that that's better than heroin. And and you know, like out of it. You know what I mean? Right. And everybody that knows 
or that was around the scene that knows, you know, what was popping off as far as the substances of choice, right? And it was bad. Pills were the thing. I mean, they still are, but they were the thing um, during, you know, a certain segment of time when I was on tour. Recreationally, though, which is like, yes, we've yeah, had people sure. pass away and from I, that. And I, they were using it recreationally, oh, yeah. which is like the worst. And I, I feel like that sound, and and I'm sure that people that are familiar with 99 might agree that there was a specific, not every time, right? Not every jam, but there were certain extended jams that had that vibe. I think you get it again in the what's the use, right? Which is almost, it's over eight minutes. And what's the use these days is, you know, quick run through interlude. Yeah, this is like super stretched out. It's a beautiful version. It's an amazing uh, seg from free into what's the use. Um, I always think about the one we saw at Magnaball, but this version has this very haunting, ghostly type of feel to it, and it really does kind of add to that pharmaceutical heroin kind of vibe that the free introduced yeah i can tell you that based on when i started seeing him in 2000 i was like oh man this is the the snap i was like i gotta get back into live music you know we've talked about this several times and then I'm looking around myself and I'm like, yo, man, it's like zombies out here, man. What's going on? Like, I love the way that they would bring things down and make the crowd interact with them because maybe they weren't. But I guess I didn't really know what was going on. You know what I mean? Not interpersonally with the band at that point. I had no inner workings or knowledge of what was going on with them or the crowd. I just think their style lended itself to where they kind of were in that year and again it was a transition whether the transition was bad or good there was a transition i mean you're going from like what was that what was uh cal funk 97 98 yeah 97 97 then they get rid of that 98 then they go into another transition i don't even know what the transition from 97 to 98 was see what i mean like yeah it, it all becomes very like convoluted and i get a lot of that like convoluted feel from them in the second set but then well you know i think uh, it's I, really good yeah, i mean oh <laughs> the music like, is great you know i i wonder and i just kind of thought of this now but you think about how bands kind of reflect the time period right it's like when the dead was doing disco shit in the late 70s you know what i mean i mean shakedown street had a you know that kind of vibe they did a dancing in the streets cover yeah i mean so but that i think good love i think that reflected kind of the time period and maybe there's a little bit of that that bleeds into here based on you know what that kind of the end of the 90s was but then also you know where the band was here they were at starting to be peak popularity yes shows were sold out they're set to play a festival which they don't announce for another couple of weeks but they're going to play big cypress for the new year's run i had no idea which i thought was awesome when i got into them i was like let me check it out like shit it was like 
guarding the gate to get in that motherfucker in by 2000. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But then the meat stick, so, you know, you get this kind of heavy, you know, free, what's the use? And then the meat stick, like, completely changes the vibe. The seg from what's the use into meat stick, again, another just unbelievable seg. I look at segs today, and sometimes they're pretty clunky. Um, And it's almost as if Trey gets bored and then is like, all right, I don't want to play that. Let's play this. And there's still a clunky one in here and I, I'll talk about it. But yeah, I, I yeah, we haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to tell me how to talk? No, I'm just I'm just saying <laughs> so far the the free into the what's the use and then into I, the meat stick is is yeah, very good. Disagree. And this is another 99 debut. So this had debuted just a couple shows before at Lakewood on July 3rd. So here's another new tune. So there's no Japanese lyrics yet, but there was a dance there was a dance and tell all of our five listeners out there (laughs) the symbiosis between my second show and your second show because this is fucking weird yeah so at this show this is the let's see this is the fourth time played for meat stick Okay, the song had just debuted at uh, Lakewood on July 3rd. This is July 9th. The band comes out and plays it, and Sophie Dilhoff, who is Paige's now ex-wife, I guess they were married at the time, comes out and shows the crowd how to do the meat stick dance. Fast forward to Skinny's second show, which is June 29th, right? 2000? Correct. June 29th. 29th, 28th is the first show, yeah. They come out and do... They did the Japanese lyrics. Japanese lyrics, and Sophie and came Sophie out. And Sophie came out, but was she pregnant. was pregnant. And she came right. out and did the meat stick dance at Skinny's second show. Weird. Which is weird, because when I pulled this, like, they don't they don't announce her on stage. Right. Like, she just comes out. So if you, if you don't know, like, there's no video, like, if you don't know or read a show thing, you don't know that she came out. And so when I first listened back, I didn't re- you know, remember that somebody came out to do the meat stick dance. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask you that, and I was like, that's kind of a low-ball journalism question. Yeah, there's no <laughs> way. And, like, I, When I, did you first see Sophie? <laughs> I mean, we were on the lawn, so you know, we, this is before they raised the roof at Merriweather, anyway. So you weren't you weren't seeing shit out there. No, you weren't. It's just another weird coincidence between my second show and your second show, just a year yeah. later. Skinny. The last thing I'll say about the meat stick is the whole meat stick dance was an effort to beat the world record for number of people doing a group dance which was held by the Macarena in 1999 and so Fish did the meat stick and came up with the meat stick dance and they were teaching everybody the meat stick dance in advance of Oswego because at Oswego we were going to try and break the world record for number of people doing the same dance we did not. So then they were like, all right, we'll do it at Big Cypress, um, which they announced uh, a couple of weeks later. I just had to make that point because if you don't know the meat stick, then you're a noob. Go out and learn the meat stick. I actually know the meat stick because they played it at my second show with the Japanese lyrics. And then you guys already knew it. 
And so I just was repeating it, but I do know the meat stick dance. And I can show you if you want to see it, but I won't actually show you. <laughs> Let's do that. The mic song, though, Skinny. So this is my second show, and they play this mic song. This mm. one and, geez, I guess the one from Hampton 98 are the two Mike songs that stick out to me as like what Mike song always was for me. Um, now it's a little bit of a different tune. It's a seven minute, nine minute. They actually just played a nice extended one. Rarely goes type two, rarely. Yeah, it right. It doesn't go almost 18 minutes like this one does. And notably that this one went that long, but it did not have the quote-unquote second jam no it didn't which i thought was interesting because when i look back i was like oh i saw the timing of it i was like i wonder if it had the second jam i need to specifically listen for that and it does not but this is a fucking absolute banger i mean there's one point after they jam it out after the lyrics whatever they start jamming like probably four minutes in by seven minutes in Mike just brings the bass like he's just playing like one note right one note (laughs) Mike (laughs) and then he brings it so below the basement that I can't even begin to tell you how I was like I listened to this so many times I was like I'm only gonna listen to this song now after listening to the whole show because it's it's got all these things that we're hearing now like the telephone tones that you love which by the way hang up the telephone the uh (laughs) the bebop bloops the crowd which that's my main point about the song they almost stopped the jam completely then the crowd starts to clap after fishman's bass beat and then they're like and then, then the, the band, band fucks, fucks them up and then they stop clapping it's like <laughs> it's so it's like is everybody like had too many peers you know what i mean like so i i always felt i liked that about fish i remember a couple times in 2000 the crowd would kind of like almost pound them back into like whatever the beat was like fishman like come on fishman you know what i mean like we're, they're trying to cheer him on but not in that cheery kind of cheerleader way just this way of like we're with you still we kind of want to get back into the backbeat of the band they kind of were more involved but in a quieter way i don't even know if i'm explaining that right it just I rem- feel like the band was trolling the crowd a little bit because maybe the, the, the crowd starts clapping along you know there's that nice groove you can almost feel it and then fishman starts playing a little bit different and the cloud's mm-hmm. still clapping at the same tempo and the band is now playing something different and they started it's like trey starting the woos and then somebody shutting it down right away by going a different direction right right but um, claps over woos a hundred percent crowd um, clapping on the offbeat over woos wins <laughs> every time well, I'm sure I was out there on the lawn clapping, clapping to, yes. to this one. But, I mean, it's just such a powerful version. And that, that, like, it just has that, like, rumbly bass feel. And Mike is literally mm-hmm. playing one note over and over and over again for, like, a good couple minutes in the middle of that. And it just has a, again, it goes back to that, I feel like, 
pharmaceutical feel that kind of heroin feel this like droning sound where there's like little like micro movements within the jam but the main sound of it is a low deep type of sound and and there's music in there but it's not it's not like uplifting and flowing and and peaks and fast paced do you know what i mean yeah i totally know and then it perfectly segs into the you know little sweet emotion tease that they do there and i'm i'm gonna say this like i i don't like aerosmith not a not a Steven Tyler fan. How many bandanas do you need around your microphone stand, Josh? I'm looking at it right now. Like, what do you need? I don't have any. Do you, I know. I don't have any. Do you want twenty? Let's put <laughs> twenty around. Let's put twenty around mine. Uh, you know, and I I just never. It was a band that like my brother didn't like, and he's older than me, so I never was like Toys in the Attic. That was about it. After that, that's a good album. Yeah, good. After that, nothing. You know, dream on, give me a break. <laughs> you keep dreaming. <laughs> keep on dreaming. <laughs> also a fish tank. Also, so let's stop all let's stop all dreaming. <laughs> well, at the time also, like so in nineteen ninety nine my my musical origins included I'm sorry to say skinny Aerosmith. I have I have a couple Ugh. of Aerosmith CDs on this C D rack. I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> what the CD rack? Or all my CDs? No, your Aerosmith CDs. Actually, I won't buy them for a dollar. How about that's, that? That's a good collection over there. Okay. I want to start a second podcast that's about people's music collections. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll have to find somebody else to do that, huh? <laughs> yeah, it ain't gonna be me. <laughs> anyway, um, I can be a guest. Yeah, we'll have you on as a guest. <laughs> I, I think it's just going to be me, bro. I don't think anybody wants to listen to that. Anyway, the <laughs> for me, like Sweet Emotion, you know, 1999, like I wasn't like rocking out to Aerosmith at this point of my life, but I, it was not that far removed from me that I, you know, appreciated that. So hearing that, I was like... No judgment. I'm sure yeah. you were like, that's it's awesome. Like exci- yeah, yeah, it's like an exciting yeah, yeah. thing in the midst of this, you know, almost 18-minute monster. And then... I mean, I think this is the seg of the show is the mics into the twist. I don't think it's that good. I mean, what? I think it's a little bit. Well, at first I thought they were playing the guy Uti. So that's what I thought they were going into because they have the. Well, that's the old intro to twist. See, I didn't know that. I'm an idiot. Like, I don't have all the like knowledge. And so yeah. I'm thinking, oh, it's a Gaiuti, and then it's Twist, and then it's different than any Twist that I was used to because it sounds a little flat. So I thought that the transition was a little, like, hiccupy, but I, I wasn't, you know, that doesn't mean that I know what I'm talking about. Obviously, I don't. No, Because you're like, doesn't. oh, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> the beginning of twist the original like the album version of twist they don't i don't they don't really play that intro you know where it's like right right they don't do that as much 
now. This, I thought, flowed pretty well. This debuted in 97. It's on Farmhouse. Yeah, we'll disagree to disagree on that one because, I, I, yeah... I just, That's fun. I thought the mics yeah. was no, so I good, thought, I, and then I was like, eh. And honestly, I thought this was the seg of the show, to be honest, the mics into the <laughs> twist. Find and another co It's a mic's twist. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> take an application, send your resume to stubmedownpodcast at gmail.com. Dude, I hope you have like 30 emails after this gets released. <laughs> 30? I don't think 30 people listen to us. That's not true. Um, At least 10. 10. <laughs> they listen to it three times, so there you go. There you go. Two of them are us. <laughs> well, right. well, that's true. <laughs> the twist is good. It's like 13 minutes. Um, I think it also plays into that 1999 sound, whatever you want to call it, heroin chic, pharmaceutical, fill. You know, whatever you want to call it. You can call it whatever. But I, I feel like this fits in with part of the Mike song, definitely the uh, What's the Use and the Free. So I definitely feel like there is some connective tissue from the beginning of the show in the vibe that they play each jam. Um, I think they throw all of that out the window with the Weekapog, but the Weekapog still has, you know, that very laid back, loose but tight feel. Syrupy, I think, is a great way you described, like, the style of play over the course of this show. And I think the twist butted up against the Weekapog, I think it worked. And then, of course, I'm seeing Mike's Weekapog, no hydrogen. So now the nerd in me is like, wait a second, there was something missing there. So yeah, you saw yeah, something yeah. new. And I'll comparatively, I'm sorry, like as a fan of the second set, which I think most of us are, like that second set. Yeah, this is, is a yeah, fire second set. There's nothing to not like about this set. No, I, I was just saying I thought the transition was a little bit jigsawed. I wasn't saying that the twist wasn't good. I thought it sounded a little flat at first, and they kind of work it out. But the the jam in it's nice, and then the week of Pog is a great way to end that. Oh yeah. And also for you, seeing like a Mike's twist week of Pog, I think I remember arguing with you and another friend of ours at It Festival about like the construction of the Mike's hydrogen week apog how many times that had been like kind of deconstructed then it was like a mike's contact week apog or a mike was in like there how, for a little bit simple yeah. like what have you seen and you know meanwhile it's like like i don't know by the time we saw it that might have been like my eighth ninth and tenth show like for counting like each night you know what i mean it was just two nights or, or something like that. It was very early on, and I'm like, I don't know. The fuck do I know? I'm like, and you, you were arguing the construction, but I don't know. Remember, like, what the argument was? I just thought it was an interesting conversation. I'm sure I was. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have known. Well, I wasn't, uh, but I wasn't arguing with you. <laughs> yeah, because you're like Skinny's an idiot, so he doesn't I've, know. I've <laughs> never said that in my entire life. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm not saying you have. They encore with Harry Hood. The Harry Hood is Hood. The Harry Hood is good. 15 minutes of Harry Hood. I mean, I saw Harry Hood at my first show. I saw Harry Hood at my second show. Harry Hood is a That's nice. Again, it's like divided sky. It's like fish cannon, right? 
uh, it's Yem. It's it's one of these tier one songs that everybody wants to see. Everybody wants to see and will instantly make a set list, you know, much improved, right? And so here they dot the show with this, and it's a great version. The thing that I wanted to talk about with this Harry Hood though was glow sticks. In 1999, there was a fucking mean-ass glow stick war, which I do remember, because I was on the lawn, and it was fucking crazy, and it looked fucking cool as shit. Right. And that was 1999, and I was 22. Now I'm 46, and a couple years ago, we were at Dick's, and it was during chalk dust, and there were some people in one of the boxes that had somehow gotten... I mean, I, who fucking knows? I mean, there must have been a hundred thousand. There were thousands. I mean, I, there it's thousands. it's unquantifiable. And wow. during the chalk dust, there's <laughs> video of it on our socials. But these guys were were people. I won't leave it exclusively to gentlemen. They were dumping these boxes of glow sticks over the railing onto the people below. In essentially like a three-minute waterfall of glow sticks. And I was fucking horrified. And it wasn't like, oh, that's that looks so cool. Look at all those glow sticks. It was like, dude, there's people sitting down there. And then my main focus was how long does it take to clean all that shit up? The older person in me was like... That's not cool. And at the time, I just tweeted a video without any commentary. And when we were out at Dick's this year, I retweeted the video and I said this was the day I became anti-glow stick. And a lot of a lot of people gave you fucking. A shit. lot of people, <laughs> I I would say way more agreed with me, and sure. thought you know what we can do without this, than said something negative. And most of those people were like fucking idiot trolls that probably don't even go to shows and well the comment around the board because i saw that and i'm glad actually you reposted it like okay we can't do this anymore because that really is the issue the issue is not like ruining your fun or saying oh you can't have fun old guy or whatever this must be a yeah. repost somebody also said that and then somebody also mentioned that you don't have fun uh, trust me, I know Josh for a long time. He has a lot of fun. Second of all, it's single fucking use plastic. So I agree, and we saw this in 03 at Greensboro. You mentioned that oh, show yeah. earlier. Mm -hmm. They did the same thing where they had a box from like fucking Amazon and they dumped the shit over the rail. It was Orange Glow 6. I'll never forget that. Yes, eye candy, super cool. Young kids, stop. Single-use plastic. Like, I'll say this. My niece, who's brilliant, she interned working with sea turtles down in Florida for two summers. And that's the kind of shit that kills them. So, I mean, to your point, maybe you shouldn't have reposted it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but... You know, it. I don't think... I think we should say no. That's. I'm agreeing I'm not, with you. Look, I'm, I'm no... I, I'm no saint with single-use plastic. Me neither. Like, yes, I use a plastic fork sometimes. And yes, I use a fucking straw sometimes. And yes, I use a plastic baggie sometimes. Now, my 
wife and kids hate the fact that I reuse my fucking tinfoil to roll up my sandwich every day or I use reuse my plastic baggies for my you know chips or carrots or whatever I take to lunch yes I use single-use plastic the difference is I fucking clean up after myself you're really on that because you said that earlier this year is like if we're worried about everything else how about we fucking pick up our trash? I mean, honestly, <laughs> how about we pick up our fucking trash? Like, people want to be upset about something? How about fucking clean up after your fucking self? And that's the problem with the glow sticks. I would be fine with, you know, they're going to be made anyway. Fine. Go and throw the glow sticks. But then, you know what? Go and fucking pick them up. Everybody pick them up and throw them away so that the guy making fucking $11 an hour doesn't have to stay until 3 o'clock in the morning. Morning, sweeping up fucking glow sticks that one person touched for a half a second once so that somebody with ch- a dickhead boss by the way and you all know that you've worked for some asshole that's like you didn't get over at section 106 yeah. <laughs> so you know what i don't i don't take many stands i'm not a i'm not a controversial person especially here but like the glow stick Today you the are. glow stick thing like <laughs> Great. He was fucking awesome in 1999. It's fucking not cool in 2023. All right. Let fucking Corotta do his job. We don't need to help. Yeah, I agree. And also the laser pointers. They've been they've been gone since 2000. Remember that T-shirt? <laughs> Just because you have a laser pointer doesn't, doesn't make you Chris Corotta. <laughs> Because that uh, was the thing for a while. Like, people had these fucking know, stupid laser all... pointers. You're fucking pointing it at the band. Like, <laughs> get a fucking clue, people. Not you personally, unless you're one of them. <laughs> Old man yells at Cloud. Uh, all right. Yeah, well, you know what? This is me 25 years later, 24 years later. Skinny, let me review the second set for my second show. <laughs> this has been an awesome, like, last this has five been minutes. A, this has been great. <laughs> This has been a great episode 10. If you're still listening, very happy. (laughs) At least you're listening to half of it. (laughs) Set two opens with punch you in the eye into free, into what's the use, into meat stick, into Mike's song, into twist, into a set closing week of pod groove with a very, very beautifully played Harry Hood clocking in around 15 minutes to encore my second show unbelievable man it was hard to believe that this was that long ago how many shows i've seen since then um the show crew that i well i mean we're a crew too man it was uh just a year later that you and i started seeing shows together and here we are 23 years later and that's really changed over the course of the years i know which everybody's like, maybe you shouldn't. Uh, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> but I love you, man. This is fucking so cool. I am, and, and you hate glow sticks. <laughs> I hate glow sticks, but I love you. I love you too. I love Stub Me Down, and Stub Me Down is going to be back for season five. We've got a few cool things planned. Hopefully, they'll come to fruition, but you haven't gotten rid of us yet. No, I mean, that's not going to happen. I'm really thankful for this season and the previous ones we've had so many connections that are pretty strong and all those people that have been on our show not only this season but 
in seasons past. If we haven't mentioned your name, you know who you are. We still are in contact with you. And we love you too. So no matter what's going on, if you're listening to us, um, that just makes you part of our family. I'm glad that Josh is part of my family. And we're just so thankful for everybody that's even given us a chance and listened and said, hey, man, these guys aren't too fucking stupid. <laughs> or... They Maybe they're like, stupid. man, these guys are really fucking stupid. <laughs> right, I need to exactly. keep listening. I just want to say thanks to all of the guests we had on. I want to thank our partners out there, the Lot by Primal Soup. They're on a little bit of a hiatus, but they are still our close friends, Craig and Carrie. Go check out the Lot by Primal Soup. All the shops are still available. You can still connect with them through the lot by primal soup so uh definitely check them out especially if you're looking for gear we're getting into fall season find your hoodies your uh warm clothes scarves whatever you need and of course scott we love you buddy check out scott mitchell over at fan designs with a z he's got some amazing stuff spafford goose fish all the majors all the minors. Yeah, he's seeing a lot of shit he's right got, now, too. Yeah, he's seeing a lot of music, yeah. too. Whatever, Scott. We're not giving you, like, another fucking episode right now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you want to check us out, you can find us on the socials. We're on Twitter or X or fucking whatever you call it, at stub underscore shit. me underscore down. We're on Instagram slash threads at stub underscore me underscore down. We're on Reddit. All of the socials, um, hopefully somebody cool will invite us to Blue Sky and we'll join that one. And uh, What's Blue it, fucking Sky? Well, it's where all the hippies are going, apparently, once once Twitter dies. If Twitter starts charging, dude, we're going to have to, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to, I'm not paying for Twitter. I'm not paying for Twitter either. I mean, so fuck it. See ya. Yeah. But we'll, <laughs> look. We'll still be out there. Yeah. The best way to keep in touch with us is subscribe to our podcast and yeah. you'll get every new episode and you'll be spared with some of our other commentary from social media. Hey, I want to thank you all once again for checking us out. I want to thank Skinny, my brother. I love you so much. Love you too, man. And we will see you the next time you need to get out of your shitty seats and down to the path. Later, bro. Hey, later. See you next season, buddy.